This episode of Punk Rock HR is sponsored by The Star Conspiracy. The Star Conspiracy is the B2B marketing agency for innovative brands creating the future of workplace solutions. For more information, head on over to thestarconspiracy.com. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. And I'm Vadim Lieberman. And you're listening to this week's Punk Rock HR with guest host Vadim Lieberman and guest Tiffany, who sang the song most people know from the 80s, I Think We're Alone Now. Yeah, and decades later, Tiffany continues to make music and has a new album coming out. It will be really interesting to hear about how she's evolved from a teen icon to become the artist she is today. Well, and Vadim, you're co-hosting with me today because you are an 80s cultural historian, a fan of all of these pop divas, and also my boss. Oh, come on, everybody, look, if you know Lori, you know that there ain't no bossing her around. But seriously, if you're interested in having a little fun today and getting to know more about a musician and her job, sit back and enjoy this episode of Punk Rock HR with Tiffany Darwish, better known as Tiffany. We are so pleased to have you here. I'm Lori Rudiman. This is my friend Vadim Lieberman, my co-host, and we're just pleased that you're here today. And Vadim is what we would call a strong fan. So I'll let him start with the questions. How does that sound? Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. I am a fan. This is so exciting for me. I cannot even tell you. Let me just get into it, Tiffany. Let me get you a hard-hitting question right away. So I'm legitimately curious. You know, it's been, I know you know this, 35 years since you came out with your first album. So I'm wondering, how is making music today different than in 1987, not just for you, but in general? Oh, it's a lot different. It really is. I was just talking to someone earlier and they were saying about, I think we're alone. I think we're alone. No, it's like major and it's got all these streams and Spotify and all that. I'm like, yeah, I didn't write it. <laughs> I don't even receive any money from the publishing. You know, some of the writers from the early albums are my friends now because I'm a songwriter now living in Nashville. That My biggest thing, I think for me was to become a valid songwriter, to write my own songs. And really more because, you know, I want to tell my story and I wanted to be like the idols that I look up to like Stevie Nicks and Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen. And again, living in outside of Nashville was a big deal for me to kind of cross into that and really be taken serious. But I'm with some of the songwriters now that, you know, are still my friends. We're sitting having glasses of wine, talking shop, which is cool because I was 14 when, you know, we first started together. And, you know, now it's like I'm one of them, which is cool. But I mean, they're telling me the songs that they wrote on my album that they went and bought a house with just off of like those cuts, you know, even if they weren't a hit, just being on the album itself generated a lot of income to them that as a songwriter, they're publishing, they were able to cash that in and make a good living. Now, I mean, if you have a hundred thousand streams on Spotify, it's like to the writer, I might be able to buy wine or ice cream, a little <laughs> dinner. And like, you know, I don't know. It's just so different. You can't really make a living off that, if you will. It still goes back to live touring. And I think now really 
the education I'm receiving because I'm still a newbie is social media, building that brand, if you will, showing the other sides of yourself, which actually for me is very freeing. I love it. Actually, I'm able to do my cooking club, Let's Food with Tiffany. That's what kept me sane in COVID, uh, sharing that with my fans because I missed my family like we all did. We missed our friends. We missed all of that. And unfortunately, my family mostly passed away. So it really took me in a direction that was kind of a downward spiral. I really got depressed and felt like no stability and what's going to happen. And I just wanted to talk to my mom and my dad, although they knew nothing of what the new world or what was happening. Nobody had experienced that before. But just having them there, I would have felt comforted, but they weren't. So, you know, I started cooking my grandma's recipes and then sharing them with fans and connecting. And I felt like their spirit was there with me by reminiscing in China. I felt the love, if you will. And that's how Let's Food started to happen. But since then, it was like, well, don't put these fun things away now that COVID is workable, if you will, that we're starting to get a life back and working within the new norm or the new world, if you will. We still have our challenges, but why am I putting these tools away? They're an asset to me. They're a way for me to bond with other people. And so now we're doing Let's Food with Tiffany. I'm doing cookbooks. I also have my Radical Reds boutique online where I do shopping with ladies and all the funky finds that I find. I used to have a Tiffany's Boutique actual clothing store here in Nashville. So I kept all of my stock. I thought, well, this is useful. I can shop with fans. I can cook with fans. Now we have the new music out and now we're able to tour again. That's what I really do. I'm primarily a touring artist. I'm a live artist and it's great to be able to be out to do shows. I never took it for granted. Certainly don't now. And I love that human connection with fans. But I think, you know, again, I'm learning about social media, about branding and about the other ways that you can make a living, if you will, off of these other opportunities. Tiffany, I love the evolution of your career. I mean, first and foremost, you're an artist, right? You're a writer, you're a creator. And I just wonder what your fans are like these days. How have they evolved over the years? And have your early fans kind of followed your journey from pop star icon to mogul, which is what you are now? Thank you. Well, yes, they have followed. I love my fans. I mean, we've been in it, like you said, 35 years. It's like, ah, what? You know, I think that I'm connecting with people again on different levels. And now the new music having that punk pop kind of rock bass. There's a lot of people going, what? Tiffany's doing what? I want to see this. Hold on. And then they come to a live show. And the best thing that I get is, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you sang like that. Girl, I didn't know that you really liked rock music. Girl, you know, and whatever it is, it's like, that's awesome. You know, and they're a new fan. I have, I think we're alone now that's always spinning. That's part of my world that I'm always grateful for. Ending up in an Umbrella Academy or on a commercial somewhere. It was just in a McDonald's commercial in the UK, which again, I have 20 somethings going, I think we're alone now. What's that about? Oh, okay. Oh, that girl's kind of funny, you know? And then they're like checking out the Radical Reds or they're checking out something or any other experience. They're not my age group, but they like the song. And I have, you know, lots of teachers out there wearing my t-shirts children behave, which has its own little life, which I get a kick out of. So, you know, you just have to work these things. And I think it's great that I have such a multi-level platform of fans of all different ages from all different types of upbringings and mindsets and all around the world. So that was kind of something I was given when I was young, being a worldwide pop star, if you will. And it's something I don't want to let go of. So, you know, finding these different 
different avenues to connect with people. You know, I think that's what social media has kind of done. It can be overbearing, especially for a tech, you know, non-techie like me, but then it really can be freeing where you could just pop on there and talk about your day and engage with people and connect with them in, in a heart way. Sometimes it has nothing to do with music, but you're of like mind, you know, and you're telling your stories and they're telling you and that's in a human experience. And I love that. So I'm trying to use it in a positive way, all these new wonderful avenues that we can use. I loved hearing about this evolution, right? And how social media allows you to connect better with fans these days. I'm curious though, you know, a lot of artists do get kind of stuck artistically. And I'm thinking that comes from a fear of losing fans, losing fame, and just kind of like losing their jobs. And I'm so I'm wondering, has there ever ever been a point where you've thought about that, where you're looking to record new music, going into a new direction, let's say, do you ever worry like, uh oh, what if I alienate this group of fans? And what if I lose fans? What happens? I'm sure I have, but you got to do you. I mean, I think if it's not real. It's not going to be fun. You're not going to want to continue to do it. I've done things before that, you know, people go, this is what you got to do. This is it. And I'm miserable. And it's not me. And my fans are like, I could tell you really didn't like that. You're not going to fool them. And, you know, there's been times I've recorded songs to put on albums that my producer wanted to record in the past. And I really don't like them. And I don't enjoy singing them, frankly. You know, I do it because the fans, but it's just not my thing. So, you know, it's a balance really. I think the current album is a perfect example of that. Tiffany wants to do what? More rock-based stuff? Where is this coming from? Because isn't she the girl from the mall? Like, you know, isn't she a one-it wonder? I mean, I think most of my fans who've continued to be in Tiff World knew this was coming. With Color of Silence and How You Hear Me Talk and all the different knowing my background and what music inspired me. It's not such a far stretch, but if you didn't know, you're like, what is happening here? I couldn't really worry about that. I had to do what was right for me. I had to do what I knew was the next breakthrough for me. I was given the opportunity to work with people who wanted to support that and bring that best out of me. Because yes, I was somebody prior to doing Shadows or even Pieces of Me that was saying, well, I've tried the rock thing before or the pop rock thing before. And we start that way and then it gets watered down to where it's just pop because everybody knows that's an easy sell. And then my heart gets broken and it's just kind of fluffy crap that I really didn't want to do and I don't release it. So I've got a lot of that in the archives. And then to have the right people who went, who said you couldn't do that? You just have to do it. You have to stand by the integrity of the music. It has to be right. No matter what you're doing, if the music isn't good, that's your problem. So, you know, is the song good? Do we write a valid song? Is the production great? Okay, now let's find the right tribe. And I'm very lucky that my fans, I mean, from my pop fans to my gay fans to, you know, some of the younger fans, I love you, I love you. They all have come to shadows now and they're all, I like it. I like it for you. I get it. I rally around you and I am supportive of this new album and this new sound. What I think we've done right on this album is although it has a rock edge, it has an 80s fun to it. It is grounded and based in 80s sound, if you will, a little rock 80s, a little Pat Benatar, a little Go-Go's, a little Ramones, a little Blondie, a little Tiffany with modern production. And there's something about 80s music that I think even the young generation is finding. It makes you happy. I don't know what it is about it, but it does. And I know for me, I reminisce. <laughs> well, I'm really curious. You're clearly very proud of this album and we are so excited. Can you tell 
us about one song that you're the most proud of and why you love it. Oh, you're going to make me pick one. Um, I think on this album is about the light and the dark of our life, our emotions. That's why it's called Shadows. And the new vinyl that's coming out is like a pop-up and it kind of shows all of that. It's kind of origami, if you will, and very interactive. So it's a two-sided vinyl and, you know, it has the up-tempo songs, which again are more punk pop. And the ballads on the album are really grounded. They're my life. They're my therapy. I went through a lot of things before COVID, divorce, on and on, the death of family, a lot of different things that I write about on this album. My favorite song would probably be Bed of Nails. And it was like, what? Tiffany writes Bed of Nails? What does that mean? And it is. It's just a song about at that time being so miserable, being so grief stricken, being so sad. It's not like you want somebody else to be unhappy, but you do want somebody to understand you. You want them to get down in the pit with you, if you will, and get that, get where you're coming from. Because a lot of times we go, oh, just be happy. Just have a glass of wine, go shopping, this, that. And sometimes you have to lay with your emotions. And sometimes you have to be able to grieve or be angry, or you don't stay there, but you allow that, if you will. You go, okay, I'm human. And there's a reason why I'm angry. There's a reason why I'm sad. There's a reason why I'm feeling alone. And let's address that. And let me feel that. And let me work through that and not be ashamed of it, not put, you know, a quick fix on it, if you will. And that's kind of what Bed of Nails is about. And the actual vocal on the track was a one take, very happy about that. It was recorded late at night. And I only had one time to kind of do the scratch vocal before we called it a night. And I just went in there and killed it. I mean, this song goes from the next level to the next level. I call it like my meatloaf, if you will. You know, his songs were operatic. They were, you know, this big rock opera kind of, and it just, the level kept going and going and going, all the music, you know, behind it. And as a vocalist and as a lyricist, you kind of like, how do I keep it interesting? How do I not over sing? I just went in there and just sang with passion. It was supposed to be a scratch vocal so I could just be free and just try things. I hadn't even sang the song completely on the mic. And whatever came out was really true emotion. So I'm very proud of that song from the lyrics down to the performance and that we got in one take. The next day we tried to go in and recreate it and it was complete crap. That was the take. That was the mindset. That was all of me giving everything and probably a little bit of that not, you know, I wasn't familiar with that. So there was an urgency in some of it, you know, this kind of like momentum, if you will, when I gave that vocal. But some of our greatest performances are like that. We've missed sound check and there's nothing, you know, all the ducks in line are not happening today. It's absolute crap. We prepared, my hair, you know, isn't curled and I didn't have time and I'll go out on stage and those are the best shows sometimes. So you never know. I'm really proud of that one. So as I'm listening to you talk about this and just stuff that you said earlier, it really makes me think how when you were 14 years old and you were that teen icon, I could be wrong, but I just, I can't imagine maybe because you didn't have that life experience yet at that point, but I just can't imagine this kind of music coming out of you at that time. I get the sense that you really did grow into yourself as a musician. I'm wondering though, back then, right? When you were 14, if you could have looked to right now, 2022, what did you picture 
you know, your career would look like at that age for right now? That has always been a question that I never knew how to answer. I always thought it was heavy, you know, at 16, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I'm like, alive would be good. Happy would be another. I've never been somebody that, you know, even though I'm an LA girl, I've never been somebody, well, I want a big house and I want this. I just wanted to be happy. I just wanted to continue to do my music. I wanted to be a valid artist. I wanted to be, you know, a lyricist. I wanted to be the best Tiffany I could be. That's still happening, but I'm here in the game. I think I've fulfilled that where you're going to be in the next 10 years. You know, I took time off to raise my son. I've been very lucky that I've been able to have a personal life and a career and to come back into it and now regain that momentum. Not a lot of people can do that. So I'm very, 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 very grateful, very lucky. Well, Tiffany, we have one final question for you, and I'll let Vadim ask it, but I want you to think about all the musicians you admire in this world, people you stalk, people you love, like get that in your mind. And Vadim, what is your final question? Yeah, I want to know. So if you could pick anyone to do a duet with, besides me, obviously, um, (laughs) who would it be? Well, vocally, there's a lot of different levels here. I would love to work with Bruce Springsteen because he's just a great songwriter. And I went and saw a show and he's multi-talented and it was an amazing show as a performer. So meeting him would be amazing. I would love to work with Stevie Nicks, of course, because she's my go-to, my everything. And then vocally to maybe do a duet with somebody as a male artist. I sing a lot to a little Brian Adams. We could rock a track together. I think our voices would be great, you know, and I love Brian Adams, of course. I love his music. He makes me happy. His songs just take me back and I love it. And we were just rocking it out in the car the other day and I was singing. I was like, yes, that sounds good. I mean, there's a lot of people that you hope to sing with, but you know, you you just don't know if your voices are going to be compatible. Same thing with like, you know, you go into the LA things, you go to these events and everybody's like, ooh, you're going to be around. Well, you don't know if you're going to get on with that person or not. You can't really predict that. I'm always somebody that, you know, you hope when you walk into an experience, or you walk into one of these parties that whoever's meant to be will be. And, you know, it'd be great to be friends with such and such. But if you don't get on, you can't force that. But then sometimes I just find the best people. And I, you know, it's it's great. Like Lisa Lisa sends me happy birthday. You know, I'm a big, huge fan and we're friends. And I see her all the time on some of the shows that we do and in passing. And I still trip that, you know, because I was rocking that in my room. And I never would have thought that she'd be somebody that's like, hey, mama, how you doing? Happy birthday, girlfriend. I'm like, this is cool. I love this. You know, on and on and on with these amazing artists who, you know, influenced me. Stevie Nicks, just the last time I saw her, said, how are you? How's your music? Are you still? And I was like, what is happening here? (laughs) I'm trying not to nerd out. But I was like, she took the time to ask me about my music and how I'm doing. And you know, it's such an inspiration. I love that. Oh, Tiffany. Well, it's been a real joy to learn a little bit about what you're doing today about your new album. If people want to find you online and reconnect or just buy that new album, where should they go? TiffanyTunes.com. That's all things Tiff World. Follow me on Let's Food with Tiffany, guys, for cooking clubs and cookbooks and cooking experiences. And yeah, TiffanyTunes.com. I think the album comes out November 25th for the street date. So live shows to follow after that. But TiffanyTunes.com is where the madness is, my Tiff World. And, you know, come be a part of it for sure. Well, we're super pleased to have you. And Vadim, close us out. 
Yeah, so Tiffany, this was so great. By the way, I want a quick tidbit from you, but I'm gonna be in Nashville next week. What's one spot that you can tell me you cannot miss this? What do you wanna do? You wanna see live music? You gotta go to Broadway then, of course. I mean, you gotta do that. So that's, you know, all my friends down there hooting and hollering and playing good music. I mean, that's what Nashville is known for. Urban Grub? for food. I just want to go out and get wasted and dance. Well, that would be Broadway. <laughs> um, but Urban Grub, check out Urban Grub for food, for sure. It's one of my favorite places. It's all in-house, all their meats. They smoke all their meats. It's good, 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 love, love, love. So that's where you'll find me if I want to go and have a comfort meal. It's a great place. Well, thanks again for being a guest today, Tiffany. It was really fun to catch up. Thank you. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Punk Rock HR. We are proudly underwritten by The Star Conspiracy. The Star Conspiracy is the B2B marketing agency for innovative brands creating the future of workplace solutions. For more information, head on over to thestarconspiracy.com. Punk Rock HR is produced and edited by RepCap with special help from Michael Thibodeau and Devin McGrath. For more information, show notes, links, and resources, head on over to punkrockhr.com. Now that's all for today, and I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR. Punk Rock HR.